You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Title 42 is expiring in less than a week, American journalist Grant Wall dies of an apparent aortic aneurysm, and Mayor Eric Adams' plan to involuntarily admit the homeless to mental facilities is facing pushback. Here's your national news recap for the week of December 11th. A Trump-era public health rule that has been used to expedite deportations expires in less than a week. Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar of Texas says ending what's known as Title 42 sends a signal that the border is open. We are the ones who are facing this on ground zero, and we just got to make sure that we do something else besides acting like the border is closed. The Biden administration has repeatedly called on Congress to pass immigration reform to deal with a surge of illegal immigrants. Republicans and border agents are calling on the administration to reverse its immigration policies and enforce the law as a way to deter more crossings. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi isn't entertaining any questions of her possibly quitting sometime in the next two years. Those kind of questions are such a waste of my time. She was asked if she'll serve her full two-year term in the new Congress, given that she's stepping away from Democratic leadership. The California Democrat added reporters shouldn't even ask her those kinds of questions. A bill ensuring federal protections for same-sex and interracial marriages is now the law of the land. President Biden signed the Respect for Marriage Act during a ceremony at the White House. The measure was drafted by a bipartisan group of lawmakers led by Wisconsin Senator Tammy Baldwin, the first openly gay person elected to the Senate. It will ensure the federal government recognizes marriages and guarantees full benefits regardless of the couple's sex, race, or ethnicity. The law won't require states to issue marriage licenses contrary to state law. A surge of illegal immigration is overwhelming the Texas border city of El Paso. Our local community is seeing 1,200 releases, and that's to the NGOs, that's the county's processing center, and all the separate little churches and and individuals who are housing them. Deputy City Manager Mario D'Agostino says that doesn't include the 500 asylum seekers who are processed and then released every day to the streets of El Paso. Many are staying there by their own choice. The city is calling for federal help to aid in sheltering and transportation. Congress is holding a hearing focused on finding solutions to stop gun violence months after the deadly school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee of the Lone Star State called for a ban on assault weapons like the one used in the shooting that left 21 dead. She said the victims and their families were failed by the nation's loose gun laws. Meanwhile, Republican Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona said Democrats' gun control proposals will do nothing to curb gun violence. He attributed mass shooting incidents to root causes such as dysfunctional home life. The committee investigating last year's Capitol attack will hold a meeting on Monday. That's according to a tweet from the panel, which says it'll happen at 1 p.m. Eastern. Committee Chair Benny Thompson has said announcements about criminal referrals will be made. However, the panel's report won't be posted online until Wednesday. 
President Biden plans to visit Africa as his administration works to strengthen ties in the region. The United States is all in on Africa and all in with Africa. African voices, African leadership, African innovation. Biden told African leaders he's eager to visit the continent and will dispatch many of his top advisors to Africa, including Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin. He didn't offer any details on the visit. Biden also voiced his support for the African Union to become a permanent member of the Group of 20 Nations. His comments came at the tail end of a three-day U.S.-Africa summit. The San Francisco Police Commission's reform measure on traffic stops was put on hold during a meeting Wednesday. The police commission president said there is more work to be done on the policy after public feedback. The controversial policy would limit the police practice of stopping drivers of what some commissioners describe as low-level traffic offenses. Opponents say the policy is a threat to public safety. Supporters of the policy say it will reduce racial bias in policing. A former Baltimore police SWAT officer will spend over two decades behind bars for producing child pornography. A U.S. District Court judge sentenced Donald Hildebrandt to 25 years in prison. According to his plea agreement, the 52-year-old Bel Air man purchased several spy cameras, which he used to secretly record hundreds of videos of minors showering and using the bathroom in his home. Hildebrandt was also found to have sexually abused a young person. He's also been ordered to serve a lifetime of supervised release. The National Archives is releasing information from about 8,000 documents related to President John F. Kennedy's assassination. However, a White House memo adds that there are a number of records that contain information for continued postponement of public disclosure until June 30th. It notes that those files may cause harm to defense, intelligence operations, law enforcement, or foreign relations. Kennedy was assassinated on November 22, 1963 in Dallas, Texas. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your National News. This is Connor Brown with the International News Report. An aortic aneurysm caused the death of Grant Wall, an American sports writer who collapsed and died last week while covering a World Cup match in Qatar, his widow said on Wednesday. Grant died from the rupture of a slowly growing, undetected ascending aortic aneurysm with hemopericadarium. His widow, physician Celine Gowder, wrote in a statement, An aortic aneurysm is a balloon-like bulge in the aorta, the large artery that carries blood from the heart through the chest and torso according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's website. First and foremost, on behalf of myself and our family, I want to express our deepest gratitude for the outpouring of support, love, and sympathy from around the world, Gowder wrote. Wall, 48, a former Sports Illustrated writer who had moved to the Substack online publishing platform, was tweeting about the Netherlands-Argentina match on Friday when he collapsed. His agent had early told Reuters, that Wall had appeared to suffer some kind of acute distress during the quarterfinal match. Attempts were made to revive Wall in the press box before he was taken to a hospital where he was confirmed dead. No amount of CPR or shocks would have saved him, Gowder said on Wednesday. Wall wrote earlier this week they had visited a hospital while in Qatar and that his health officials told him he likely had bronchitis. His body was flown back on Monday to the United States where the New York City Medical Examiner's Office performed an autopsy. While the world knew Grant as a great journalist, we knew him as a man who approached the world with openness and love, Gounder wrote. Grant was an incredibly 
empathetic, dedicated, and loving husband, brother, uncle, and son, who was our greatest teammate and fan. We will forever cherish the gift of his life. In late November, Wall made news when he wrote that he was stopped at the World Cup Stadium security screening point when he tried to enter a match while wearing a rainbow shirt in support of the LGBTQ community. He said security asked him to remove his shirt. Same-sex relations are illegal in Qatar. Memorial services for Wall are still being planned, his widow said. And for our second story of the day, an Irish soldier was shot and killed on UN peacekeeping mission in Lebanon. The second was in critical condition after a hostile crowd surrounded their armored vehicle, Ireland's defense minister said on Thursday. The soldiers, part of the United Nations Interim Forces in Lebanon, UNIFIL, were on what Simon Coveney, who is also Ireland's foreign minister, said was considered a standard run by two vehicles from UNIFIL's areas of operations in South Lebanese. The two armored vehicles effectively got separated. One of them got surrounded by a hostile mob. I think that's the only way you could describe them. And shots were fired. Unfortunately, one of our peacekeepers was killed, Coveney told Irish national broadcaster RTE. This was not expected. Yes, there's been some tension on the ground between Hezbollah forces and UNIFIL in recent months, but nothing like this, Coveney said. Hezbollah is a powerful armed group in a heavyweight political party with significant support in southern Lebanon. UNIFIL has operated in Lebanon since 1978 to maintain peace along its border with Israel. It was expanded after a UN resolution that halted the 2006 Israel-Hezbollah war in southern Lebanon. Ireland's company later told Irish state broadcaster RTE that he not accept Hezbollah's assurances that it had no involvement. We don't accept any assurances until we have a full investigation conducted to establish the full truth, he said. UNIFIL said it was cooperating with the Lebanese army and had opened an investigation, but details remained sparse and conflicting. And for our third and final story of the day, European Union leaders wrapped up their last summit of 2022 with an agreement to provide 18 billion euros in financing to Ukraine next year and slap more sanctions on Russia as the EU has also prepared to cap natural gas prices and prop up its industry. Poland withdrew last-minute objections to a global minimal corporate tax, unblocking a whole package of linked agreements that includes the loan to Ukraine invaded by Russia almost 10 months ago. As Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky predicted that the months to come would be ever harder than the war had already been on his country, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz promised more aid. Our joint determination to support Ukraine politically, financially, militarily, and in the humanitarian area for as long as necessary remains unbroken, Scholz said, after talks among the 27 national EU leaders in Brussels. On Thursday, EU leaders also agreed a ninth package of sanctions against Moscow for waging the war on Ukraine to blacklist nearly 200 more people and bar investment in Russia's mining industry, among others. Decisions which requires unanimity was made after Poland and Lithuania had warned that proposed exceptions for food security might in fact benefit Russian oligarchs in the fertilizer business. After much disagreement throughout the year, the EU also seemed to be coming together on how to cap gas prices, and the leaders gave their ministers the task of finalizing that work on Monday. And this was Connor Brown with your international news report. This is the local news and I am Carly Murray. The lawsuit against Mayor Adams' plan to involuntarily hospitalize New York's mentally ill population is being denied for now. The judge wants more time to understand the plan before he stops it from being put into place and set arguments for next month. The mayor issued a directive to first responders and to outreach workers reminding them of their legal authority to connect people in need with the proper care. 
Opponents say police officers aren't trained to carry out the plan, noting city hospitals don't have the capacity to care for these patients. A settlement is being reached with six New Jersey car dealerships over consumer violations. The Attorney General's office, along with the Division of Consumer Affairs, said the settlement was $260,000. The alleged violations included failing to list prior accidents, damage, and repairs made to vehicles, failing to honor the advertised price of a used car, and charging excessive vehicle preparation fees, along with other violations. One dealership, Park Place of New Jersey, paid $180,000 of the total settlement. Governor Murphy is helping to kick off the celebration of Hanukkah. Murphy joined the Consul General of Israel in New York, Ambassador Asaf Samir in Princeton Wednesday night. Samir tweeted Murphy was a great friend of the state of Israel and a true mensch. The Jewish Festival of Lights starts Sunday at sundown. Nassau County officials and DHS are continuing to investigate after a massive catalytic converter seizure this week. Police Commissioner Patrick Ryder announced thousands of catalytic converters and millions in cash were seized from two brothers from Long Beach who operate scrapyards where the converters were crushed. The powder derived from the crushed converters contains extremely valuable metals which can be sold on the black market. Thieves can remove converters in minutes from beneath the car. County Executive Bruce Blakeman noted converter theft in the tri-state area is up 300% last year. It is part of a disturbing nationwide trend. Nassau County officials are preparing for Hanukkah despite a rise in anti-Semitic attacks. County Executive Bruce Blakeman joined Jewish leaders Thursday evening to discuss steps being taken to keep Jewish residents safe this holiday season. Last month, a duo was arrested at Penn Station for allegedly planning attacks against New York synagogues. Blakeman will also light the dome of the executive building blue and white in honor of the holiday. A new report being released by the MTA is citing a series of shortfalls with staff maintenance and communications for its surveillance cameras just before a Brooklyn subway shooting in April. Nearly a dozen people were injured in that attack. The report said the security cameras failed days before the shooting, but their outage went unnoticed for a full day and then there were delays in getting them repaired. Investigators added that the camera outages were not intentional. Officials are trying to boost New York City's economic recovery post-pandemic by proposing major changes. Mayor Adams and Governor Hochul want to convert office buildings in midtown Manhattan into affordable housing, leaving New Yorkers mixed on if it can be done. They also hope to develop a sustainable operating budget for the MTA by 2026 and to build 250 miles of protected bike lanes by 2030. New York State is creating a symbol with a scannable code for all recreational marijuana shops so that consumers can tell the difference between a legal and an illegal shop. There are no stores allowed to legally sell recreational marijuana yet, but Governor Kathy Hochul says dispensaries are set to begin opening before the end of this year. The dispensary verification tool will be posted in the front windows of each legally licensed dispensary. It will include a QR code that can also be scanned. Every marijuana product sold will also include a symbol designating it as a tested, regulated product. Broadway theaters may be open for business, but the industry isn't bouncing back from the pandemic as well as New York City had hoped. After 35 years, the Broadway show Phantom of the Opera is closing, casting unease across the industry. Shows like The Music Man, A Strange Loop, Beetlejuice, and 1776 will all draw their curtains in January. According to reports, because of COVID, sales are declining and audiences are not coming back.
I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Dante DiValerio with your Rowan News. Dr. James Grinius, an associate professor in the Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry in the College of Science and Mathematics, is exploring new two-dimensional liquid chromatography techniques to advance the way scientists separate molecules found in chemical mixtures. Liquid chromatography is one of the most widely used techniques in chemistry, but there's always room for improvement. In fact, because the technique is so crucial to research in all areas of chemical analysis, the gains Grinius makes have the potential to resonate across the field of chemistry. The new type of chromatography Grinius is working on will let researchers use a higher powered, more complex method of separation to run these analyses in parallel while also automating the process. The New Jersey chapter of the American Planning Association this week will present Dr. Minar, an associate professor in the Department of Geography, Planning, and Sustainability within Rhone University's School of Earth and Environment with its Outstanding Community Engagement and Education Award. The award recognizes Minar's work for a multi-year project, Greening Waterfront South, that he led to address flooding and stormwater runoff in Camden's Waterfront South neighborhood. The project included 10 community engagement and education activities such as Photo Voice, a technique for capturing community input through images, photo collages, design workshops, and focus groups. Minar developed the plan with GPS colleagues Dr. Megan Bucknam, Dr. Ted Howell, and Dr. Jennifer Kitson, along with environmental consultants Cerulean and community partner organizations Heart of Camden and Camden Fireworks. Once implemented, the plan would address decades-long stormwater management and flooding issues in the neighborhood, much of it the result of an ongoing overstressed combined sewer system and the paving of large swaths of green space that forces stormwater runoff to overfill drainage capacity and swamp parts of the city. I'm Dante DiValerio. This has been your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. Beginning with the MLB, let's pick up where we left off last week with the Major League Baseball hot stove. Three of the four coveted free agent shortstops are officially off of the market as former Houston Astro and Minnesota twin Carlos Correa took his talents west to the Bay. The two-time All-Star and former number one overall selection in 2012 signed a 13-year, $360 million contract as the San Francisco Giants get their slugger. From one National League West team to another, former Los Angeles Angel Noah Syndergaard has joined the boys in blue, signing a one-year, $13 million incentive-based deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Syndergaard plans to join a starting rotation alongside Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Dustin May, and Walker Bueller. From one former Met to another, Chris Bassett took his talents to the North, signing a three-year, $63 million contract with the Toronto Blue Jays. This signing was much needed for the Blue Jays as they have more than enough talent offensively but lacked a productive veteran in the starting rotation. And now they've got one. 
And last but not least, former Chicago Cub Wilson Contreras took his talents from one National League Central team to another, signing a five-year, $87.5 million contract with the St. Louis Cardinals to replace future Hall of Fame catcher Yadier Molina. Speaking of Contreras, Wilson's brother William Contreras will be joining him in the National League Central as a Milwaukee Brewer. Contreras was sent to the Brewers as a part of a three-team deal, in which it involved Sean Murphy, who was sent from the Oakland Athletics to the Atlanta Braves. William Contreras and two other players will join Milwaukee as a Brewer, and Oakland will receive four prospects in return, all of which are ranked top 18 or higher in each farm system acquired from. Moving from the MLB to the NFL, the local Philadelphia Eagles were the first team to punch their playoff ticket after defeating the New York Giants 48-22 in blowout fashion. As for the Giants, with this loss, they fall to 7-5-1 on the season, good for last in the NFC East. They'll face the Washington Commanders for the second time in three weeks, looking to keep their playoff hopes alive. Cardinals franchise quarterback, former number one overall pick in 2018, Kyler Murray will be out for the remainder of the season after suffering a torn ACL on Monday Night Football this past week. Colt McCoy will command the offense in what has been a disappointing 4-9 season so far. Before we close it out, let's jump from football to football as we take a look at the FIFA World Cup. The World Cup final stage is set as Argentina will face off against France tomorrow, December 18th at 10 a.m. Argentina advanced to the final after taking down Croatia by a final score of 3 to nothing, while France manhandled Morocco by a final score of 2 to nothing. Once again, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your professional sports news right here on Rowan Radio. Hi, I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. Elon Musk is selling loads of Tesla shares. On Wednesday, it was revealed that the CEO had sold 22 million shares of Tesla stock worth roughly $3.6 billion. The move comes just days after it was revealed Twitter has stopped paying rent in all of its office spaces and will begin to auction off extra furniture and appliances in January. The Times reports Musk and his advisors are hoping to renegotiate lease terms since Twitter has a much smaller workforce after Musk fired thousands of employees and many others quit. Out-of-pocket healthcare spending is rising to its highest rate since 1985. That's according to new data from the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services. Spending on healthcare in the U.S. grew by 2.7% last year. This growth was slower than the increase of over 10% in 2020. However, out-of-pocket healthcare spending counted for 10% of the overall share last year and grew by 10.4%. The rise was driven partly by use of dental services, eyeglasses, and medical supplies last year after a decline in 2020. Facebook is being sued for over $2 billion over accusations the company played a role in political violence in Africa. More from Mark Mayfield. The lawsuit was filed in Kenya, where Facebook opened a content moderation hub for parts of eastern and southern Africa in 2019. It accuses the company of monetizing the viral potential of hate and violence in Ethiopia, which violates over 10 articles of Kenya's constitution. I'm Mark Mayfield. Wall Street is closing with stocks lower after the Federal Reserve announced another rate hike. The central bank raised rates by half a percentage point, which was widely expected. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said more data was needed before the Fed would change its view of inflation. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell by 142 points to 33 to 966, the S&P 500 dropped 24 points to 39 to 95, and the Nasdaq lost 86 points to 11 to 100. 
170. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. The death of Twitch, the 40-year-old DJ on The Ellen DeGeneres Show who died by suicide, is shocking many of his fans. The wife of Steven, Twitch boss, confirmed he took his own life this week. Boss started DJing Ellen's show back in 2014 and was with her until the show ended this year. The last surviving member of the early TV situation comedy, The Adventures of Ozzy and Harriet, has died. The Hollywood Reporter says June Blair passed away Monday of natural causes at her Sherman Oaks home at the age of 90. Police in Milwaukee say a bomb threat forced them to suddenly end a Patti LaBelle concert Saturday night. Video on social media shows security coming on stage and whisking away a confused LaBelle. An announcement was then made to the near-capacity crowd that the theater would be swept by police before they could leave. Milwaukee police officials say everyone was safely evacuated and no explosive devices were discovered. The Riverside Theater said they're thankful for the efforts of the Milwaukee Police Department and they're working on rescheduling the concert. Some fans are still supporting the Backstreet Boys after Nick Carter was accused of sexual assault. Carter was front and center with the group at iHeartRadio Jingle Ball in New York on Friday, marking their first performance since the allegations went public. TMZ reports Shanna Ruth is suing the singer for allegedly forcing her to perform a sex act on him when she was just 17 years old following a 2001 concert in Tacoma, Washington. Carter's attorney calls the allegations entirely untrue. Rapper Gunna is pleading guilty to a racketeering conspiracy charge and is being released from prison. He's one of several alleged members of the Young Slime Life Crime Street Gang. Gunna was sentenced to five years with one served in prison and that one year was commuted to time served. The four-year remaining balance on his sentence has been suspended and is subject to special conditions. The rapper released a statement and said he hasn't been interviewed, hasn't cooperated, and hasn't agreed to testify against anyone. A group of A-list celebrities are facing a lawsuit over NFT endorsements. A lawsuit filed in California last week accuses celebrities like Justin Bieber, Jimmy Fallon, and The Weeknd of promoting Bored Ape Yacht Club NFTs without disclosing their investments in Yuga Labs. The filing argues Yuga Labs' entire business model relies on using insidious marketing and promotional activities from A-list celebrities that are highly compensated. In one instant, the complaint claims Bieber made an Instagram post in which he said he purchased a Bored Ape NFT with his own money when it had actually been gifted to him instead. Yuga Labs told The Hollywood Reporter the claims are opportunistic, parasitic, and are without merit. Hip-hop star Megan Thee Stallion is testifying in the trial of fellow rapper Tory Lanez. Lanz is accused of shooting Megan's feet after a pool party at Kylie Jenner's house in 2020. In opening statements Monday, prosecutors told jurors Lanez ordered Megan to dance as he allegedly fired shots at her. Megan says Lance offered her $1 million to keep quiet after the shooting due to him being on probation. I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.